I wasn't sure you were in Canada, but now that I hear you speak, I'm sure you're in Canada. Hello, welcome to Show Me Your Mic, the podcast about podcasting. You can find it online at goodstuff.fm slash smym. On Twitter at SMYM underscore FM. I'm your host, Chris Hens. And for this episode, I've got Jared and Shane, two of the co-hosts of The Scope Show, a comedic discussion of pop culture and current news. They've been recording The Scope Show since 2006, which is a long time in podcast years. We talk about the benefits of recording in the same room as your co-hosts, using YouTube and other platforms for promotion. Of course, we geek out on the gear. My thanks to Campaign Monitor and Mandrill for sponsoring this episode of Show Me Your Mic. More about them a little later on in the show. For now, I'll pause slowly. Okay, enjoy my conversation, Jared and Shane. All right, uh, so welcome to Show Me Your Mic, Jared and Shane from The Scope Show. Hello. Thank you. So uh, just for the audience who's listening who can't see you, and nor can I, obviously, or not obviously, but... I don't record with the video feed on Skype because it's on a little Mac mini that has no camera and mm-hmm. it would be kind of pointless to have it running. But uh, which one of you is Jared? Which one of you is Shane? For uh, I'm Jared. And I'm Shane. All right. And you guys are actually recording. Yeah. I think this is another first, I think, where uh, you guys are actually recording in the same room on sending one Skype feed to me from a mixer, I'm assuming, which we'll get into and all that kind of stuff. Correct? Yep, that is correct. Cool. Um, that's the... I was just, I've been thinking actually this last week about wanting to find somebody locally who'd want to do a podcast. And, uh, cause every other podcast I do is either, well, is all either solo or, or just over Skype. And, um, aside from occasionally bringing my wife in on a podcast, I do more or less. I, I don't ever actually see the person I'm talking to, <laughs> which is normal for most podcasters, I think, these days. But it, I'm sure it is a fun dynamic to have for a show. And we'll get into that. Um, so you guys are, the Scope Show is now 190 two episodes if i'm counting right yes yes due to add to that number this weekend absolutely right so as somebody may listen it's that number should auto update as you listen um the uh and you you've you've been doing the show since 2006 if the archives are correct on your on the scope show.com is where folks can find it first of all i guess but since 2006 which is uh way before well it's a long time ago that's eight years it is a long time ago (laughs) you think we'd be the number one podcast by now yeah (laughs) all of our plans uh, not coming to fruition what's going on here (laughs) so talk to me a bit about going back way back to 2006 um what uh was that your first foray i don't know who's the who started it and who wants to admit to starting it uh, what uh, what got you into podcasting initially, and then and where did the Scope Show come out of that? I think pretty much I was the first of us who was who was listening to podcasts, and and it's like a lot of people who were who started back in the day. It was uh, you know Adam Curry and Daily Source Code was one of the early ones that I listened to. I'm trying to think what else I was listening to back in those days, but um, Shane had a birthday party. I forget what what milestone it was marking, but uh, we did sort of an '80s themed party, mm-hmm. and there was a a game show that we did. Yeah, we we didn't want it to be a small event, and so Jared and I we we've known each other for a long time, and we sort of uh, I don't know we 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 interact on a friendship level, but there's also this weird create creative vibe I would say that we're always talking about like, things that we could do and ideas, and you know pre podcasting we talked about doing websites and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, but but this time around we actually did I mean, we accomplished something, and uh, we we created like this little 
game show that it was it was uh, all 80s based. We really yeah. wanted the party to be this interactive thing. So it was live in the room and uh, we actually had buzzers. And the, the, the part that kind of gets us into the podcasting realm is that I did a whole multimedia part where I played videos and sound effects and uh, was doing kind of a live announce in and out of rounds and stuff like that. And so it's sort of, I don't know, it sparked uh, a little bit of inspiration that maybe we could somehow put this together as a show. And I, I'd always thought like, wow, this podcasting thing is really neat. Anyone can do it. Uh, you know, if I just had an idea and that sort of got the ball rolling. Nice. And so then uh, what's uh, maybe you, you're, I'm assuming you're probably using different stuff now, but like what kind of gear and stuff did you start out with way back Back then, was it just tin cans, I'm assuming, maybe, is what um, we used? Back <laughs> honestly, the, the actual setup hasn't changed too much. I'm oh, still nice. using uh, this giant 16-channel uh, Eurorack Behringer mixer that I got because um, I also have a, a comedy rock band. So I got this for recording, for rehearsal and stuff like that. So I'm still using that mixer to this day. Um, microphones have changed. Um, but again, I came to it with having a lot of gear already from being in a band, so... Having decent microphones and having a computer for recording and a multi-channel interface was all all stuff I already had, um, so it was pretty easy to transition into podcasting. Nice. And so, was it right from the get-go? Two or whoever many people happened to come on, people in the room, as opposed to like I was saying, you know, sort of the typical stuff these days is the, the Skype and never actually seeing each other and that kind of thing. What uh, What was your initial sort of run of episodes like? Well, it was always three people. It was Jared, uh, myself, and Adam, who is not here right now. And I think the the ultimate goal. I mean, we sort of we sort of set some standards uh, from the beginning, and we what we wanted to do was have a show that was very professional sounding. I mean, the idea was let's mimic what a radio show would do. Uh, and because Jared had the gear, uh, that really that that really drove us in terms creatively from day one. Now. Uh, when we first started, we had a lot of pre-planned bits and little comedy things. And we, I think we quickly realized, A, we're not comedy writers. Um, <laughs> and B, that takes a lot of time to do. Yeah, and, we, we spent the first couple of months before even yeah. doing our first episode just writing, yeah. trying to write at least. Yeah. I mean, the act, the act of writing happened. Whether any of it was any good is up for debate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so that, that sort of carried through... Um, all the way to episode 192. Um, that's, that's always been a part of what we, what we are. Um, I think over time we've learned just like in terms of the technical process, we've learned to streamline our streamline what we do and stick to our strengths and, and, you know, find a way to make a really good sounding fun show, uh, but not have to put, you know, five, six hours a day into it. Like it, it felt like we were doing that, uh, back in the mid 2000s. So, mm, so um, long ago. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you, uh, um, you said that you have another guest or another co-host as well. Mm -hmm. He's also in the room with you. Like that's, I, I keep hammering on this as if it's some yep. unique thing. Obviously, it's been done for yeah. Done we lot, have but, uh, it's almost like a radio it, station setup. If yeah. you look at us, we have a, a table, uh, a couple mics on it um, for Shane and Adam with the you know the boom arms, and then I'm off in the corner with the computer and my microphone. But yeah, we're all in the same space yeah. for the most yeah. part. And, and I would say 99% of the time, you know, at least, especially early in the Scopes history, people would come into the studio. I mean, we treat it like a studio. Um, if we put on game shows or things like that or, or guests, they would be sitting right next to us and we'll, we'll be looking at them. That's changed, you know, recently, obviously, with uh, the, you know, technological advances. It's just, 
you know, you can talk to anybody anywhere at any time and the sound quality, if they have a decent mic can be as good as what we're all doing right now. Uh, but yeah, the, the energy you get from having people near you and being able to look them in the eye and, you know, especially when you're trying to do comedy type things, like I talk about that, like we're stand up comedians because we're really not, <laughs> but, but you, when you're trying to develop a rhythm of what the show is, I think it's a lot easier to look at Jared or look at Adam and, you know, give a wink and a nod and say, okay, this is where I'm going to jump in. Um, when you're, when you're scattered across the country talking over each other and stuff like that, you just miss some of that, those visual and verbal cues that uh, you can't get having a studio Shane, Shane can look at me and see that I'm ready to pounce with a really bad yeah. joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I can definitely feel that in, in terms of a, compared to other conversations I've had with uh, multiple uh, guests, I guess, or whatever, multiple hosts of other shows where you, there's just that Skype gap or whatever that you have to mentally accommodate as you're talking and, and think about, whereas definitely talking with you guys already, I can just, you can, I can feel that there's a different vibe or whatever a flow of the conversation between you two which is yeah it's kind of fun and and um can definitely see the appeal of of trying that and uh um and then perhaps the the motivation to you know clean up the basement studio or the office or, or wherever you happen to somebody <laughs> happens to record to invite a guest in uh would be is worth trying out anyways just to experiment sure. with so it, hel- it helps that Shane is three minutes away from me. Yeah, I mean, right. we're very close. We have a lot, a lot of weird convenience yeah. going if, on. If one of us yeah. lived across town, it may not be the same show that it is. Yeah. So Right. <laughs> and it doesn't hurt that Jared and I have known each other for far too long. So, um, you know, the, the shorthand that we have with each other is pretty ingrained at this point in our lives. Yeah, and that's, that's definitely a... Uh, uh, a blessing or whatever, I guess, depends on the, the day. Yeah. <laughs> but, it can get a little too inside baseball at right, times. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, uh, I know that's often I've, I've proposed that to other uh, friends who've podcast in the city here and often it's like, well, I could come over there, but then I have to put on clothes and get out of my pajamas <laughs> and you know, why would I bother doing that? And it's cold, you know, it's winter's coming and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, good on you guys for doing that. Um, talk to me a bit about, cause I watched some of the YouTube. You, so you, you publish audio podcasts, obviously, mm-hmm. but also you publish a, a video feed as well. I don't know if every episode necessarily. I didn't click through every all 193 <laughs> episodes <laughs> and when that maybe started. But uh, talk to me a bit about, we'll get into the audio stuff, but the, the YouTube angle is kind of interesting. We just experimented a little bit with that on another show here in Good Stuff, just doing a purely like take the audio, add a few video titles to it and throw it on YouTube just as a little experiment of how long that would take. We're not doing full video feeds yet, but um yeah, talk to me a bit about your strategy and and sort of why you're using the YouTube stuff as well. Oh, big word there, strategy. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the YouTube thing started um, just over a year ago. I think it was August of last year when I started posting them. Uh, and really, it's just uh, I'm I'm a big consumer of YouTube, and so I just sort of figured that you know this is a this is an area where there might be a potential for growth as far as growing the audience. Um, uh, I'm sure you've discovered that uh, with audio podcasting, it's really hard to get kind of organic uh, people finding you organically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think YouTube, while there's there's so much content out there, I think there's at least a, a shot that if you name your thing stuff right and tag it right and have relevant content that you might have people kind of land on you randomly and maybe they like what they see and they stick around and subscribe. Um, so the growth hasn't, but the growth hasn't been as great as I would like it to be, but you know, it's, it, it's something we're still working at. And, and uh, I, I, so we do, we post our full episodes up there um, with uh, 
multiple cameras. Um, I started doing multi-camera edits and then realized that for the, num- for the view numbers we were getting, it wasn't worth the time. So right now it's still just a, I don't know what you call it, a three up, three people, you know, three different uh, talking heads together on the screen. Right. Um, but I think what, what kind of helps just drive our traffic is we've been doing our movie reviews. Um, and I'm hoping that that's the sort of content that people will find if they're searching for a review for a movie. They'll see that and they'll go, oh, they've got a whole channel full of content. Uh, that's pop culture related, then it might be interesting to me. So that's sort of my thinking on the YouTube side. Right. And that's, I, I noticed, yeah, you had, because the most recent episode or whatever you want to call it on the actual website is actually just a movie review, which isn't, is that also going audio feed into the audio fed? What's the word? Yep. Into the yep. show on iTunes or whatever, but just the audio version, it would go there. Yep. We'll just take the audio and put that out as an audio podcast. Right. And yeah. And that's just recorded in the car with the camera microphone. Yeah, which I think that's, I, I was kind of, I watched, uh, I didn't watch the Birdman one because I haven't watched the movie, so I didn't want to have that be spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> go right, see right. it. Go yeah. see it. I know. That's, <laughs> I actually had full plans to go see it, and it wasn't actually playing here yet to where we live for some reason. Theater hadn't got it yet. So I'd all, I convinced friends to see it because they were like, well, that sounds weird. Why would I want to see that? And then. Uh, oh, it's weird. There's yeah. no doubt about it, but you'll love it. <laughs> Maybe it's probably best. To, the friends I didn't go with uh, <laughs> might have not enjoyed it. But anyways, I'll, uh, I'll watch those the review are, after I watch it. Those are probably the same friends that don't want to put on their PJs and come over and podcast with you in the same room. Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All good reasons, healthy yep. reasons not to. Um, but yeah, I like the idea of sort of, you know, taking the quote unquote air quotes brand or whatever that you have, but breaking it into different chunks and, and posting it elsewhere. And I noticed you're using Tumblr and kind of the, uh, I've tried that too over the years of just a, a bit of a scattershot approach of like trying to just get your stuff out there, not yeah. being locked into just iTunes as being the only be all end all and, and trying to bring in audience listeners, viewers or whatever from different ways. And, um, the, uh, the YouTube idea, I think it's, it's funny cause it feels like every, every year or so there's the, like, this is the year for video on the internet. And then just looking actually at your homepage or at your sites, um, you had, which probably I'm guessing probably hasn't been updated in a while, but there's a links page. Um, and some of it has probably has been updated, but I know some of the links to like recommended podcasts, Oh, sure. Brought me back yeah. a few years, which is like Tiki Bar TV and... Uh, uh, yeah. Make a note, Jared, update those links. Yeah, yeah well, there, there, there's, uh, there's definitely a, a website refresh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which is in, fair. In the I don't, planning stages. Yeah. You're a podcast. You're not a link blog or whatever. That's fine. Yeah. That's, but it just was... And then it sort of sent me down a rabbit trail of going to like a Dignation episode oh, and, re- and remembering right. sort of Revision 3, which I think is still around, but how yeah. that was like, okay, now video is coming and we're here and you know, revision three is going, but then obviously that's kind of, it's morphed and it's still there, but it's definitely not the way it was. And, uh, and just how, yeah, it feels like video is always poised for something, but nobody quite knows what. And it's poised for video game commentary. That's what it's poised <laughs> exactly. for. Those are the biggest channels out there right now. That's true. Yeah. Twitch, et cetera. Yeah. So, um, but have you gotten any sort of like, aside from just numbers and, you know, obviously you can, anybody can look at your views and things like sure. that on YouTube, but as far as tangible kind of community benefits, listener benefits that you've been able to sort of figure out from, from doing YouTube? Uh, is it tough to, I, w- I wouldn't say that I've drawn any real significant conclusions yet. Um, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I'll admit to being sort of disappointed in, in the results. And I think part of it is, is we've sort of struggled to, to come up with a package for our content. That's a little bit more, uh, easy to digest, which is where I think the reviews fit better. You know, they're usually, you know, 10 to 15 minutes, it's a little easier for someone to sit down uh, and watch that versus a 45 minute to an hour long episode, which, 
you know, someone sees that time come up and it's a little daunting for them just to go, oh, I'm just going to sample this and see what it's about, especially when they don't really know us. So yeah. um, I've tried to think about some ideas of how to sort of carve out the program that we're doing now into a little more digestible pieces. And uh, a lot of it's just, you know, you got you to gotta budget the time for it. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I have, it's a little chicken in the egg. It's like, uh, I don't, I don't want to spend the time on it when we don't have that grade of subscriber count or view count. But then how do we get the subscriber count and view count if I don't spend the time on it? <laughs> you know, so what yeah. do you do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's sort of been the, I don't want to say the bane of our show, but we've always struggled with length. Um, I mean, the the idea of the show being a morning radio show and letting letting it go and be organic has always been at the, you know, the center of what we do. But, you know, early shows, we could go for an hour and a half. We could go for two hours sometimes. So, you know, it was, it's always, we're always working to make it shorter, make it tighter. And then, you know, nowadays, you know, if you get someone that watches a five-minute video on YouTube, that's, that's a success. And, you know, the, sh- the shortest bits that we would have up there from our show would be a half hour long usually. So it's, it's always trying to find that balance and figuring out what people are going to realistically digest without, uh, you know, turning away and going to some other video game clip, as Jared would say. (laughs) But we also want to be true to ourselves. I mean, for me, I think I do the show because I like hanging out with Jared. I like hanging out with Adam. And if I don't find pleasure in what we're doing, then I wouldn't want to do it. So, so it's, it's always a work in progress. There's always a, a transformational aspect to what we do. It's, it's changed over times. It's just probably a little bit more glacier paced at some time at some point here. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, having done it for as long as you have, I'm sure you sort of seen the ebb and flow, I guess, of like listener numbers and yeah. overall mm-hmm. interest in podcasting. There's always a, every couple of years, there's the new article from which I think the latest one was New York times or somebody had like now podcasts are back because there's a popular podcast from NPR, you know, like that's the, <laughs> the sort of latest. Yeah. Metric. And we're over here screaming, Hey, we've been here the whole time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So the rest of us keep plugging along, but I can certainly identify with the idea, like what you're talking about with YouTube is just the fun of playing around with that stuff, right? Whether yeah. you get listeners or not, it's still just, I'm sure you get into this a bit partly because obviously you love talk, but also just tech and that goes along with that. And Absolutely. Playing around and it's also it. very, it's, it, YouTube is way more shareable than an audio episode of a podcast ever is because mm-hmm. everyone knows how to use YouTube and you can send them a link and they can play it and then go, oh, so this is what you've been doing in your basement for six years. I get it. <laughs> it hasn't all been a waste. <laughs> it, it's always been trouble in the past trying to get friends and family who aren't maybe as tech savvy or, you know, aren't really going to listen to podcasts to check out your show, but just having it on YouTube sort of lowers that barrier. So at least for that, it's, a, I think it's a win. Sure. Yeah. And the, the one thing that I think people often forget about YouTube is this, like thinking of it as a MP3 player, glorified MP3 player that you can use to host your podcast with. And like Absolutely. you said, it's not, not that somebody's going to sit and watch it necessarily, but uh, having the built-in ability to, like you said, sharing a link easily on a platform people understand, but also the ability to hot, hot link or direct link or whatever to a time code. It's built right into the player now. So anybody can just right click and say, this is a part where Shane said something really stupid or whatever and mm-hmm. you know link to it and debate or whatever. I saw Shane and right in Jared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one I've I've got the trademark on the stupid thing. Okay. <laughs> but uh and and use it that way and and uh even if nothing else if you're starting out podcasting as an easy way to experiment with the medium and uh and whether you put your video your your face up there or not or whatever just as a way to experiment with the medium and in a, on a free hosting platform basically and with built-in subscribe 
ability and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. The tools that they have um, are pretty good, but yeah, it still is tough to sort of get over that hump of like worthwhileness to put in the kind of work you guys are doing. So um, when you're talking about producing a video for YouTube the, that you guys are doing, I know it's like it camera, great camera quality, video quality is great. Obviously, like you said, it's a little easier for you when you've got everybody in the same room. But what's uh, mm-hmm. just talk me through the setup that you have in in studio for working from the video side, then we'll talk audio in a minute. Okay. So initially, we started out using uh, just Microsoft webcams, um, but I could never get the stability that I wanted, plugging multiple webcams into the computer and trying to get them all recorded. It just, uh, too much system overhead for the mm-hmm. computer I was using, probably. Um, uh, so eventually, I just had the idea of, let's see if I can find some cheap camcorders. And I ended up finding uh, refurbs from Canon, um, like $97 each. They were nice. super, super cheap for HD camcorders, which was great because I already had one. So I only needed to buy two more. And I have, so I have three uh, Canon Vixia HD camcorders just on little tabletop stands pointed at all of us. And I just hit record on all of them uh, at the beginning of the show. And then I have um, in, in the, the sound app that I use for triggering sounds, I just have a, a kind of a sync tone that I'll play through the speakers um, so that it will record on all of the cameras and also into the, the DAW. Uh, so I have kind of an audio sync point and that way I can sync up all the cameras. Uh, and that's really it for video. I've got some lights placed around the room to try to light it a little better. Just a basic black background, which is something I've always wanted to sort of upgrade. But that requires a whole building, a set. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're not quite there yet. Um, and then I'll just I'll bring the footage into Adobe Premiere and I'll just build a, a multi-track sequence with all the cameras in there. I'll sync them up and... Uh, yeah, I have I have a template that I use that where I kind of scale them down to the right size and I apply the little, you know, mask over the top or the mat over the top to get the three talking heads in a box thing and throw in some titles where I need them to and there you go. That's pretty much it for the video side. And are you taking the audio like your audio that you're recording into your DAW? Yep. You said the Behringer mixer you're using and stuff. So you're taking that out and sort of cop pasting over deleting the audio from the cameras yeah yeah I, I don't use any of the camera audio it's only there for sync purposes yeah um i'll, I'll do i'll do the post-production on the on the audio side and then i'll bring that that audio file into premiere and use that as the master audio so would you say the just for someone ballparking here as far as the, the time because you're not doing a lot of adding editing con, uh, video content throughout the course of a show right you're not no adding titles no or, like we're I mean, what you minimal, we'd, we're what you'd call a, a live to tape yeah you know, pretty much so we don't really do any editing within the show itself and i try to keep titles to the minimum i mean i have i have i have it pretty streamlined now as far as what i do i have you know templates and i just do uh, transparent pings out of photoshop for my titles and just right. whip up what I need, export them, and then I just drop them into the right spot. Yeah. So uh, would you say it's like a, um, an extra two hours to do the video part of it? At, at the <sighs> the so- actual, like, actual production time or post-production time in Premiere of me actively doing something is probably an hour per episode, maybe. Um, there's a whole step of copying footage off of the SD cards that takes, you know, about an hour because it's a lot of footage right uh, and the export takes a long time because it's doing a lot of scaling so that per episode will take a couple hours to export but you know that's the sort of thing you just set it and walk away right so. yeah so that's yeah just to give it up people an idea i guess of, of yeah i, I mean it's it's, it. it's significant in relation to how much post-production on the audio side is which can be as little as 10 minutes yeah yeah 
So it's not it's not a minor jump, but as long as I'm not doing a bunch of uh, cameras switching, um, you know, it's it's not too bad. How yeah. long did it take you when you started doing this? Because I know that was always in you know, oh. an effort for you to skid it to the point where you could get it to this hour per show. Uh, I mean, the early attempts at it were three or four hours sometimes. It was very frustrating. And yeah. part of that was I was dealing with those webcams, which had sometimes terrible uh, audio sync. And so I, I would get 20 minutes into the show and suddenly our, the limp sync is way off and I'd have to try to correct for it. And it was so, so frustrating, which was part of the reason I wanted to drop those webcams altogether and just go with something that was reliable and dedicated to a single purpose acquiring video <laughs> yeah so that's why i went with the camcorders which is nice i mean those are obviously the sort of memory storage based like they're not tape based obviously that's that would be even more painful yeah just just sd cards you just yeah. pop the card up pop it in your computer and i can copy the footage over and ready to go yeah and that's i think something that people maybe uh miss uh what's the word underestimate i guess the value of having a camera that's not hardwired and recording live to a computer yeah. at any moment because it doesn't it's not we've had like early on in our attempts sometimes the computer would crash yeah and you, you just have no video for that chunk of the show until you had a, a break where you could stop and and reboot the computer so yeah i wanted something that was dedicated to one task and was pretty much not going to fail so and you're because you're not doing any sort of live video stream or anything google hangout type thing or whatever with with the show no right? that's it's something we've played with in the past but yeah. not currently yeah, that's neat. Okay, so flipping back around, uh, actually, we'll cover audio in a second. I just want to take a break to thank uh, my first sponsor for this episode, which is uh, Campaign Monitor, which we talk a lot about here at Good Stuff. Campaign Monitor makes it fun and easy and beautiful to send out email campaigns to clients, customers, potential clients, potential customers. You can get up and running with a responsive email template in about 60 seconds. We use it here at Good Stuff, which you can sign up for our newsletter, goodstuff.fm slash newsletter uh, where I actually send out the weekly weekly ish last couple weeks it hasn't been weekly so my apologies but uh, I sent out a weekly newsletter to listeners and and, uh, good stuff folks about shows and updates on what's going on behind the scenes and things like that and uh, campaign monitor makes it super easy to do that they've got a great iOS app called monitor that you can uh, take a look at on your phone your iOS device of choice and uh, obviously monitor your email newsletter as it gets sent out as people subscribe or maybe hopefully not but unsubscribe and get details on what's going on with your your uh, email newsletter lists so if you could go to check out campaignmonitor.com get started today you can visit also uh, canvas.cm to check out their template builder awesome stuff thanks to campaign monitor for supporting good stuff and show me your mic so um audio side of things you, you mentioned a behringer mixer that you've had mm-hmm. for a while uh going out from that i guess what are the various mics and stuff and gear that you're using to get the audio so when we first started i sort of just had a hodgepodge of of large diaphragm diaphragm uh, condenser microphones that we used three different models um found ones that worked good on everyone's voices and we rolled with that but i've sort of now standardized um i have three um heil pr781 microphones and this is actually marketed as a ham radio microphone. And I'm trying to remember now how I, how I found it. It must have been a YouTube video. But it's, a, it's in their PR line. It has, so it has their, their, you know, a very similar uh, element to like the PR40 or the PR30. Uh, it's not as good, obviously, but it's significantly cheaper. Um, I think I got, I got them, a couple of them I got used on eBay for $100 each. And then one of them I bought new for $140. So you're looking at, 
you know, half the price of a PR40, maybe more than, than that, mm-hmm. um, for a similar but not quite as good of a sound quality, in my opinion. But yeah. hey, look it up. I think it's it's one of those bank. They even market it on the box. It says for ham radio and podcasting. So oh, there you go. I don't know why they're not marketing it more towards that, but it seems to work for me. Um, and it gets rid of a lot of spill in the room. Like we'd have, since we're so close with the large diaphragm condensers, we'd get a lot of, you know, leakage from other people talking. Um, and I think that the having these diaphragm, large, di- uh, these, sorry, these dynamic microphones uh, helped clean that up. Yeah, that was my question. Or my next question was going to be about recording a bunch of folks in a room. And you obviously you said you had audio experience from bands and stuff in the past, sure. so you'd have a bit of familiarity with that. But that's that's something I know I've come up against with just someone shouting or talking or whatever in the room and dealing with that mm-hmm. and sort of the, the bit of delay or whatever that sometimes happens with a mix if you get a bit of bleed or or leakage, I guess from. What a terrible word. Um, <laughs> I'm so, enjoying it every time you say it. A little so. bleed and leakage. You might want to see a doctor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, which, yeah, that's actually, I think, in the 57 episodes now of Show Me Your Mic, I think that's the first PR781 I've I've heard somebody mention. Don't yeah, I don't know of anyone else who uses it. So, <laughs> but, hey, if you're looking for a, a good... A dynamic microphone maybe maybe take a look at it yeah and especially like you said if you're it's one thing if you were just buying one mic for yourself like i'd have yeah. to or whatever it's it's a little easier to stomach the the pr40 line but then yeah if you're trying to outfit three three or four or whatever folks um that's where it gets a little more expensive for sure mm-hmm. uh and so then you're obviously going all those into your you said your multi-channel mixer yep the model so Euro, it's the Euro Rack MX thirty two forty two X discontinued. Maybe you find it on eBay. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but this has you know lots of inputs, lots of outputs. It serves me well for you know recording music, recording podcasting, all kinds of things. So, uh, so all the microphones go into that, and then all of the uh, microphones have uh, inserts where I'm, I'm using compression on all the mic channels. I have a pair of uh, DBX two sixty six XL compressors, just stereo compressors. Um, I don't even know what settings I'm using on them, but that, so that gives you compression right into the recording and it also has, um, a noise gate. So that also helps to cut down on some of the bleed. If somebody decides to shout, it might still show up, but the combination of the microphones with their off axis rejection and the, um, the compression with the noise gate, uh, really keeps it nice and clean. Do you know enough on, uh, the DBX or maybe I'm forgetting the model number two. I thought there was a. 286 compressor. There is a 286. I think that's more of a channel strip, uh, which would have compression and other like stuff into it. But yeah, that's oh, okay, gotcha. similar. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, the yeah. 266 is their budget line, and I think the XL is discontinued now. But they have a yeah, it's comparable, like yeah, an XS or something. Yeah. Um, both are definitely, uh, especially I would guess. I'm assuming that that. Seven. Uh, now I'm drawing a black here. Seven sixty one. Seven eighty one. Seven eighty one. Yeah. Yep. Just like the PR forty, probably a little gain hungry and needs something to sort of give it some yep. jam, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got the the gain fairly well cranked on the board. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, from there, you're going into what what uh, audio recording software are you using for? Um, everything. So I have uh, some subgroups and direct outs going into a uh, Focusrite. Sapphire Pro 40 eight-channel recording interface. Mm. Uh, so that gives me discrete channels on all the voices, and then a stereo mix for the all of the computer audio. Um, and I was using um, GarageBand for years to record, um, and I just decided to move over to uh, Adobe Audition recently, and that's been working out pretty well. Um, I don't know I like it. I use it. I use Audition for the you know 
the post production on the on the show or on the the audio, and you know, I use Adobe products for the editing, so I figured I'd just keep it all Adobe. Yeah, which probably I'm assuming probably the Creative Cloud benefit. Actually, I'm still back on CS6. I oh, haven't well, there you been go. willing to <laughs> go up to the cr- cloud yet, and I probably won't until the uh, Mac OS update breaks it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, the I'm just want to go back a second because you mentioned going into a Focusrite uh, yep. mixer. Which which input or um, which device? Which model do you have of that? Yeah. Uh, the Sapphire Pro 40. It's an eight okay. uh, FireWire eight-channel interface. You may have said that I was typing, trying to keep up to go <laughs> the chain. But um, so is that because of the uh, the Behringer mixer is not a doesn't have a digital right. audio input or it does not. It's just an analog mixer, but right. it has direct outs on every channel and also you know the subgroups. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of routing flexibility. Yeah, which is neat, and that probably takes care of. I would guess the like handling a headphone mix or oh yep. Yep, I have that going out too. I have just a Behringer headphone amp. Right. That yeah. uh, gives me enough gain for everyone. Which that's another one, Those one of those little things. That Shane's you, looking at me like, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> you actually do a lot of work for this show. <laughs> I do. <For> real. <laughs> <laughs> vastly underappreciated uh, part of the show. Well, most of this is, you know, it's dialed in and I just, I don't have to deal with it anymore. But Yeah. <laughs> but the headphone amp is a, a funny little one that I think most people maybe would, wouldn't think of bef- when they're booking, say, somebody to come into their studio, especially if you're accounting for somebody, bringing in somebody on Skype or something like that, Yeah. in, in addition to an in-room guest where um, you you can't, they're like, I mean, I'm looking at my Mackie mixer, which is a eight, $800 or $1,000 mixer. There isn't like a simple way to just allow another person to just plug in a set of headphones and having something, you can get a splitter, but then the feed is weakened or audio signals weakened obviously mm-hmm. and something like a mix a headphone amp mixer I forget what they're called but um which aren't that expensive 60 bucks or something i think yeah i'm wary of the cheap ones i bought a cheap one first and i never got enough gain out of it, it right just, if you got to a loud volume it distorted so uh, i ended up buying the behringer rack mount and that has plenty of gain and then it also feeds a nice hot signal out to the cheaper uh headphone amp which is over on the table uh and they seem to get enough gain out of that now so Keeps keeps the guests happy, mm-hmm. the co-host happy, I guess. <laughs> if I may add to the technical conversation, mm-hmm. I want to point out that Jared has between ten and one thousand cables coming out of his mixing board. <laughs> so, well, yeah, or maybe they're going in. I don't know, but I'm looking they're, at they're I'm going, looking at it. There's a lot of action back there. Going so in and out, Shane. It's yeah. pretty exciting. <laughs> you just plug one cable into each ear. I think is how <laughs> that's it. Works, it. And, then, <laughs> and put the other one in your nose, and you're good to go. Yeah, but that's probably how I would have done it. <laughs> Well, that's, that is the fun of going back to what we we're saying with YouTube too, is like there's, there's probably, well, there is like cheap, simpler or easier ways sometimes to do some of this stuff, but half of the fun sometimes is just, just like with Lego, like building the stuff mm-hmm. yourself and figuring out how to route things. And, and then you end up getting frustrated because there's some static from somewhere and you don't really know where. And so. I discovered that, uh, if my bedroom light upstairs gets flipped on, it introduces a nice 60 cycle hum. <laughs> See, so I, I, for, for months I was trying to figure out where is this hum coming from? It would be intermittent and it would just, one day it was like hum came on. So I ran upstairs and like, what's going on? And my girlfriend had turned the bedroom <laughs> light on. I'm like, that's it. I found the source. <laughs> and he kicked her out and she's never been seen since. Yeah, it's a sad, sad tale. I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> no lights upstairs when we're recording. Yes. Okay. I actually taped the light switch so it can't be turned on. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, all right. It, it, look around your studio there. I'm trying to think if there's anything I'm forgetting of that's worth discussing. There's uh, a lot of moving parts, as you said. Yeah. Going but on. It's pretty much microphone into mixer with some compression into a recording interface into your software. 
And like I said, we're a, we're a live to tape, so it's I get the multi tracks in in case I need to fix anything later. But honestly, um, I may do some some slight balancing on the vocal channels, or if I have for some reason the fader down on the on the mixer for the computer sounds too low, I'll boost that up, and then I'll just you know print it out to a stereo track, and then I'll bring it back in and do my my post processing. And you using you mentioned computer tracks, so you have some yep. another channel of uh, audio from. Do you, do you type pipe in? just your computer audio or each person sort of gets to also mess with the show by sending weird audio sounds to the <laughs> we haven't quite got to that yet uh it's just my computer the so the computer that also it's recording also is used to play back any sound files i use the the app the soundboard app ambrosia software i think makes it yeah a lot of podcasters use it and i wish they would update it yeah but um yeah i use that to trigger all of the various you know show bumpers and sound effects and whatever else we want to play during the show um and that comes out via analog out of the stereo out of the uh, uh, of the sapphire uh, into two channels on the mixer, so I can control the volume relative to everything else, and then that gets piped back into the recording interface into its own stereo track in audition. So very very kind of analog. I'm not doing any sort of audio hijacking in the box to to capture sound. Even for Skype, I'm using a separate computer for that. Mm-hmm. That I'm bringing the audio in and then sending a mix minus back out. Yeah, which uh, listeners of the show will know my aversion to using Soundflower and stuff purely because it just my brain hurts when I try to use it. It's not not that it's not quality or, or isn't capable of some of that yeah. stuff. It's just I need to see the cable going from A to B so I can remember what's mm-hmm. going where. Mm-hmm. And when I undo it all, it it still is able to get put back together relatively easy. Completely agree on that. Soundflower is a great tool, but I, I can't always get it right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And that's what I think comes down to uh, the cost of setting up some of that stuff, of buying some of that gear. Besides the fun, geeky fun of fun, geeky fun of uh, having that hardware, the gear in your house or whatever in your studio, um, the ease of leaving it set up and having it maintained, or putting tape or whatever on the cables so you remember what goes where if you have to dismantle it each time, to me was worth the expenditure versus having to tr- hope and pray that OS ten would allow me to do what I needed to do each time and. Uh, and then still do my other work on the computer as well if I happen to do things. So mm-hmm. for your mileage may vary out there, listener, podcaster, person, but uh, that's just what works for me. So Yeah, it's a bit of a capital expenditure to get all of this outboard stuff, but yeah, the ease of use is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and the so I'm just trying to think now, There, you're in the room, you've got the cameras recording each other, your mm-hmm. mics are going, are recording your audio, obviously. Um, anything else that we're, I don't think, obviously you export out of audition into a mp3 or whatever and up to itunes etc and <clears throat> out to the internet yep you're using other stuff like um which this isn't that uncommon to say this but facebook tumblr google plus besides youtube and, and stuff what's any of those platforms that have jumped out at you is like this is has been a great experiment in in sort of porting our content as it were over there or it's all a bit kind of still mishmashy and that's uh, that's my experience anyways is kind yeah. of a bit of a hit and miss with some of the other platforms to as far as whether it's worth to worth it i like having i mean it's it's it pays to sort of just be pre- present on all the networks like for tumblr uh, i'm trying to use that as a, a blog about pop culture related stuff in the hopes that that will attract people who would be interested in our content so maybe they'll be they'll see a post about the, the next avengers movie and they'll go oh hey they have a podcast too maybe i'll listen um you know, Twitter is you just throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and hope that somebody takes notice. Um, some some the, the one thing that has it in its small time, but for we've had the most engagement, I think, with our own Facebook group 
somebody suggested that we start a group uh, a year or so ago. Um, and that's really where we have a lot of our comments come from is people commenting in the group. So it's a small group of people who are there, but it's your most dedicated people, people mm-hmm. who are actively listening and engaging with the show. So, you know, if nothing else, that's probably the best tool that we have. I mean, we have a Facebook page too, but I mean, we could talk an hour about how they've ruined how, how, how many people actually see your posts on that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. I'm not a fan of Facebook right now. So. <laughs> understandable and that's that is a nice little end around or whatever as far as using groups instead of a page and and how that uh can sometimes help in um getting your show or, or your content in general or whatever to the actual people who want to hear it a little easier see it a little easier or whatever um but uh it, it's yeah facebook has always been kind of this weird one weird animal for podcasts i feel there's i know i've seen folks uh, some folks like ray ortega who does a podcast about podcasting as well posts a bit about having success with some of one of his shows i think his sort of day job show but uh on facebook and it just depends probably on the dynamic and the crowd that you're you're speaking to and audience that you draw but um yeah it's it's never been very strong um in terms of numbers and and even sort of engagement or whatever for a lot of the shows that we do here good stuff too so um, but again, like you said before, chicken and egg thing of, well, maybe we're not putting enough effort into it. So who knows? <laughs> I think one of the great things or one of the things that would help us is if we would have some sort of time machine where we could go back to the age of 20, where we could sink as much time as we needed into <laughs> promoting and advancing our show. I mean, you just get to the point now where, you know, we have real life that gets that sort of takes precedence and. Unfortunately, I don't help Jared a lot with a lot of the social media stuff, so it's he sort of left his own devices. But I think if we, if <laughs> yeah. all three of us would actually have the time or or desire and effort to put that in there, maybe it might be a little different. But um, it sort of is you got to be hitting it hard, yeah, from the from day one. Yeah, you really just have to push it, push it, push it, push it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's definitely the you can see the the people who do have success there. It's uh, it's because that's where they put time and effort into as well. So. Um, certainly, certainly worth doing if you, if you don't, uh, if you're young, dumb, don't have kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not necessarily dumb. That's disparaging, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, in, uh, in wrapping up, one of the things I ask folks is, uh, the podcast that you are listening to these days and what apps you're listening to it on. So while I thank our second sponsor, uh, if you, I don't know if you need to pull out your app device of your podcast tape player of choice. <laughs> Uh, wouldn't it be crazy if we had to all like download or mail out tapes to listen to podcasts? Anyways, um, and we'll cover that in a second after. I just think uh, our second sponsor, which is uh, new to good stuff this month, Mandrill is a scalable, reliable, and secure email infrastructure service trusted by more than 300,000 customers. It's easy to set up and integrate with your existing apps, and it's really fast too. With servers all over the world, Mandrill can deliver your email in milliseconds. They've got detailed delivery reports, advanced analytics, a friendly interface um, for a great service. It's for If you know what about sending email from an app or from a website, Mandrill is basically a service that takes over for you uh, instead of using a built-in server-based uh, email cl- or email server to send out your emails from, say, WordPress or a custom app you've developed. I use it for my clients a lot rather than WordPress's built-in email sending service which is fairly unreliable um, either getting caught in spam or just doesn't send properly mandrill has a really great wordpress plugin 
throwing your WordPress site. You don't have to know any sort of special codes and stuff. You just have to look for a little API key in your Mandrill account and paste that in and it takes care of the rest of it. And then you get great analytics on the emails that you're sending out to uh, clients or customers or, or users of your WordPress installation. You can sign up with uh, promo code GOODSTUFF and you'll receive 50,000 free email sends per month for your first six months of service. So if you go over to mandrillapp.com and get started today, my thanks to Mandrill for sponsoring and supporting good stuff and show me your mic. All right, I don't know who wants to go first. Uh, I've talked a lot. I'll let Shane go first. Sure. <laughs> Sounds well, good. it might be a short uh, conversation here. So as we were talking about earlier, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, believe it or not. It's just my my life doesn't allow for that. Uh, you know, it's it's dif- difficult, but... The, the one that I that I do listen to regularly, which is by far my favorite, is Bullseye with uh, Jesse Thorne, oh, and yeah. and the reason why I like him, and Jared and I debate a little bit on him because he sometimes feels he's a, maybe a bit too, I don't know, calculated, precious. Those are the words you sometimes use, or at least one of them. Ernest, Ernest, I do like him. He he is an excellent interviewer. He puts a lot of time into research. And it's something that I really respect. So he'll go in your interview and he will ask questions that these people have never heard before. And it's always fun on that on that particular show when he surprises them and they'll be like, wow, I can't. Nobody's no one's ever asked me that question Uh, or, you know, that's an album I did 20 years ago. And you're really the only person that's really ever mentioned that other than my friends or my mom or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And the format in which he does that is so slick and his uh, just his presence and the way he presents himself is uh, impressive to me. It's it's something that I look up to as uh, as a podcasting guy. Um, and then I also listen to a lot of talk radio. Believe it or not, I mean, for me, it's it's about telling a story and interacting with with the people that are around me. As your listeners can tell by listening to this this interview, Jared is the technical side of of the show. And so I don't really know a lot of that stuff. So I have to add and contribute on the creative side and the, and the content side. So that's, that's sort of where I come in. And um, my inspiration is by listening to like Howard Stern, for instance, who, you know, we could debate what you think of him. But in terms of interviewing, there probably isn't anyone better out there. Um, and there's a local guy uh, that's been on our show a few times. His name is Ron Gerber. He does a show called Crap from the Past, which is a, it's essentially a, a graduate level course in uh, in conver- and a conversation about pop music uh, from you know the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, mostly 80s and 90s. But uh, it's just fascinating how he can weave a tale around music, and and uh, it's something that makes me want to go back to and listen over and over again. So that's where my inspiration comes from, and I, I listen to my my podcast just on the, the default uh, iPhone podcast app. Podcast app, yeah, nice. that's what I listen to. So. Yeah. So there you go, Jared. Cool. Over to you. Over to me. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned um, Jesse Thorne. Um, I will mention that uh, I, will, I listen to his Jordan Jesse Go podcast, what he does with uh, his friend Jordan Morris. Uh, crazy, off the wall, very improvisational, in the moment style comedy, which I, I really enjoy. Vulgar at times, but you know I don't mind that. Uh, I also listen to The Nerdist. I, I think he's also another, I would put him in the upper echelon of great interviewers. He gets a chance to do a lot of long, long form stuff, which is really, 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 really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got your usual slew of tech podcasts that I think you know. You t- said I'm the tech guy, so obviously I'm into that stuff. You Didn't know. mean to pigeonhole you, so I mean <laughs> you are you're a multifaceted guy. You're a Renaissance, but um, I listen to Twit 
and Mac Break Weekly because um, those are relevant to my interests. Um, another one that I've listened to recently that I also talked about on our show is uh, Hello Internet. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, CGP Gray and Brady Heron. They're both very, uh, very, uh, they're good YouTubers. Uh, I'm trying to find the word. They're, they're popular. They have, they have more than a million subscribers. <laughs> you which, found it. That's the word. Right, right, right. Uh, but they just do a conversation where they talk about what it's like to be, uh, what started out as what it's like to be, you know, a YouTuber and how you manage that and, and what the expectations are. And now it's just sort of uh, evolved into them, two guys having a conversation about whatever they're interested in. And I find that endlessly fascinating. Um, and then from, I also do a lot of web development and web design stuff. So, uh, I have a few of those that I listen to, but my favorite is shop talk, uh, mm-hmm. with Chris Coyer, which is how I found show me your mic. <laughs> Cause oh, nice. you did an interview with Chris Coyer. I'm like, Oh wait, there's this show where he talks to podcasters about podcasting. <laughs> this seems like something I would be interested in. Yeah. Um, and I've been a subscriber ever since. So, um, other than that, uh, there are a few like news info history type podcast that I listen to. Um, Dan Carlin does too. He does Common Sense, which is sort of a uh, current events topic uh, discussion show where he talks about something that's going on um, and sort of applies his, his, uh, his history buff uh, mentality to it and sort of analyzing how, how things are going today through the lens of history. Uh, and then he also does Hardcore History, which is just a fantastic in-depth look at, at major historical events. It takes a long time for him to produce them, but they're definitely worth the wait every time. Nice. I think that's it. And I just I also use just the podcast app, although I'm I'm getting very frustrated with it. It stopped yeah. it stopped downloading automatically recently. I have to actually go in once a day and tell it to download stuff. So really? I'm I'm looking at other solutions. Downcast maybe, maybe is it opencast? No. Overcast is Overcast, maybe. that's yeah. the one. That's that's kind of the new hotness in, in iOS podcasting these days. So Yeah. Maybe I'll give them a try. Yeah, and uh over or Pocket Cast is another one I'd recommend if you're Look, that's one I use. That's my app. I've tried Overcast as well. And uh, yeah, I, st- I came back to Pocket Cast. I don't know why exactly. Maybe it was just because I was cheap and didn't want to buy- pay for the full version right now of Overcast. Mm-hmm. Is, are there any of them that will just take your current iTunes subscriptions and, and import them? Because that's sort of a barrier for me. Yeah, I don't know if the, offhand if the iTunes app exports uh, what they need is like the OPML file. Yeah. And all the other apps are great, like Overcast and Pocket Cast work great as far as allowing you to export and then import and all that kind of stuff and move back and forth very easily within your iOS device. No, you don't have to do anything with the computer. Sure. Um, but I don't know if I would... My hunch is Apple wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> Probably <laughs> I <know> not. I <laughs> <laughs> wonder why I have that hunch. But uh, yeah, so... Um, yeah, even in overcast, actually in the about section of the, of the app or something, he's got a list of, you know, if this app isn't good for you, try these other ones. Cause you know, he's just trying to promote podcasting in general. So it's, it's nice, nice when they play mm. together like that. So yeah, indeed. Uh, cool. Well, that's a good list of, uh, of shows and, and things that folks might want to check out. So actually shop talk show, since you mentioned that was, uh, Dave Rupert was the guest number one on show me your mic way back when I first started, he was the, I went willing, back and listened to that one. Yeah. Willing to be the. <laughs> guinea pig for a show that may or may not continue and uh so much thanks to him but yeah that's a great great show and also great you know, users of the soundboard app oh yes quite a bit um so cool well uh where can folks uh find you guys on the on the internet besides obviously the, the scope show but uh what what else what are your other digits that you want to pass along well the scope show.com we are the scope show on twitter uh the scope show on tumblr the scope show on youtube uh, and strangely, just the scope on Facebook. <laughs> it's an outlier. 
<laughs> well, I actually forgot to mention, you guys, I don't know if this is a new thing or how long you're also experimenting with Patreon or using yes. Patreon, right? Uh, Patreon.com slash The Scope Show. Yeah, right now we're still uh, in the planning stages for the past, I don't know, eight months of <laughs> getting, getting of some are. actual rewards planned. So, you know, try to sort of uh, some enticements to get people to sign up. But we do have a few subscribers and they're just contributing, you know, a dollar or three dollars an episode if you're my boss. Um <laughs> You know, it's a little bit of way to get some money in there. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's great. I think that's a, just a, another platform that uh, can help anyways with, with making it a little easier rather than having to build your own sort of membership thing or suffer the uh, frustration of PayPal and, and stuff like that, which is, I mean, end result is the money is in your pocket, which is great. But yeah, um, whereas Patreon makes it all kind of nice, easy, and actually fun to be a part of a community sort of donating and supporting each other and, and things like that. So Indeed. I'm in the similar boat to you where I've, I've, I have a page set up. I've experimented a bit with it, played with it and set it up, but I haven't really invested the proper energy into it to, to really, uh, I guess, evaluate fully. And, uh, but I do thank the folks who are supporting me on there because it's makes, makes paying the bills a little easier. So mm-hmm. <laughs> as we all know. Uh, all right. Well, this is, uh, this has been a show me your mic episode 57. I'm I, Chris, on Twitter. Um, show me your mic is S-M-Y-M underscore F-M on Twitter. Uh, you can visit goodstuff.fm for this show. All the links and stuff that we discussed will be at goodstuff.fm slash S-M-Y-M slash 57. And there's lots of other great shows to check out on Good Stuff as well. If you're curious about uh, needing some other podcasts to listen to, uh, I won't list them all right now because you can go visit goodstuff.fm to see them. But uh, plenty of variety of different shows that uh, will tickle your fancy is that do we still say that i don't know if we should you do and that's yeah. all that matters we do now yeah exactly we won't say bleed or leakage because those are bad <laughs> words but uh yeah, yourself. they might <laughs> tickle your fancy uh and uh my thanks to you guys for joining me on, on show me your mic i was gonna say joining me on the scope <laughs> just ready to take over other shows now wow and uh tune in next week i i have a guest and i forgot to make a note of who it is so we'll just leave it as a secret his first name is jeremy We'll we'll leave it at that. Teaser for next week. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye.